Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rock M Radio's football podcast before the box score. I am Nate Edwards, at least for one more week before Nate rejoins the show. That's Adine Rao. That's Quentin Corpywell. They are Rock M Nation staffers covering non-revenue, basketball, football. Y'all were both at the Cotton Bowl. So, I mean, you're you are you are a fish as a fish gets here. Um, welcome, Adine. Welcome, Quentin. How y'all doing tonight? Uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, just getting settled back into school. First day of classes over here at Mizzou. Um, I froze on the way to class today twice. <laughs> so go. it was great. Love that my professors didn't cancel. Either of my professors didn't cancel. Um, didn't get the luxury. Yeah, it, uh, it, uh, it hurt to be outside. It was it was a chore walking outside. Um, and also Mizzou basketball is slowly chipping away my soul and is making me realize that I was a spoiled little brat last year with everything that <laughs> happened in my first year of, of being around Mizzou basketball. But everything else is going really great. I'm super excited to be on BTBS with the one and only Nate Edwards. Um, I'm assuming uh, Josh is just your pen name. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's my it's my pen name for tonight. Um, yeah, but I mean the good news is this is before the box score, not dive cut, so there will be no hoops talk here. Um, only when they're good do do the two crossover. So yeah, let's let's dive right into it. Um, as as has been the case this off season, another busy week uh, for the off season for our Mizzou Tigers, coming off a really exciting season. Um, you know, last week with Parker or last week with Jaden, I apologize. Um, we had so much to talk about that my notes app was like two scrolls long just from all the notes. Um, again, a pretty eventful week. Didn't lose a coordinator, didn't hire one either, but we'll get to that. Um, just a few notes to start off. Uh, Blake Baker, we now know, is going to be the highest paid assistant coach in college football. And he's taking Kevin Peoples and uh, Jake Olson with him. That was some news that broke right before we started recording here on Tuesday night. Um, obviously, Kevin Peoples, big loss for the Mizzou staff, coached the defensive line, specifically the edge and the ends. Um, had a lot to do with a lot of the um, delivering on that Blake Baker kind of signature havoc performance that we saw over the past few years. Um, I'll start with you, Quentin. How do you see the loss of peoples and if you've got some insights on jake olson i'd love to hear him um how do you see the loss of peoples uh, kind of contributing to 
some of the work that Mizzou has to do this offseason. Yeah, I think it's kind of a big deal. I mean, you look at the list of assistant coaches, and a lot of them had a lot to do with uh, Mizzou's success this year, and Kevin Peoples was certainly one of them. You look at a guy like Darius Robinson, who kicked out to the edge this year, was playing the position for the first time uh, since he got to Columbia. And it, it might sound like an easy transition because you're a part of the same position group. It's, it, it's really not. Um, and Darius Robinson looked completely comfortable, and I think you have to attribute that at least somewhat to the work of Kevin Peoples. And now he's gone and that's very difficult to replace. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any insight on Jake Olson. Um, and Dean, if you have any insight on Jake Olson, that'd be wonderful. Uh, that does sound like somebody's uh, bar mitzvah I attended like five years ago. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't, I don't have anything on Jake Olson unless you do. Um, no, I actually, um, I only I said the Jake Olson tidbit because I got it on, as on three notification like ten minutes ago, but um, uh, when it comes to you know people's I got to add on there. I mean to the Darius Robinson you know tidbit. Literally, I mean I got to see Kirby Smart say it. One of the be- hardest guys to block in the entire SEC in his first season as an edge rusher is absolutely insane, um, and it's going to be a lot to replace. And not only is it a lot to replace the you know stability is such a big recruiting pitch in college football and sometimes you have stability from the head coaching position sometimes you have stability from assistant coaches and if you have both of those it's a great asset and it was a great asset that mizzou was looking forward to having next year and they won't have it anymore at least on the defensive side of the ball which is very pressing of course yeah for sure i mean i I think you know al davis has been around and and i think when I look at kind of the impact that they have, you know, he seems to be the recruiter or was the recruiter of the two. He He's really involved with a lot of the new guys coming on campus, but Kevin Peoples, clearly we saw when he came on campus with Blake Baker, there was a turnaround. We immediately saw a little bit more uh, pressure coming from the ends. I mean, Johnny Walker Jr. has really taken a few steps up these last few years. I think he's set to have a really big year. And look at some of the guys they're bringing in now. I mean, Dara Smith out of Georgia came to Mizzou, um, presumably to work under Kevin Peoples. Williams Winery, the top recruit in the country, came into Mizzou presumably because of the success that they've had with defensive ends. That's not to say there won't be more success in the future, but you know, Kevin Peoples was a big part of that staff and bringing those guys in and now you got to replace them. It's, it's, it's complicated enough to bring in a new defensive coordinator to bring in extra assistance. I think established assistance is, is a whole other bag. And that brings us to, um, I think, the topic that is still on everybody's minds is uh, the defensive coordinator and uh, what the hell is going on with that whole situation. Um, I know that when Blake Baker took the job at LSU, or it was reported that he was taking the job at LSU, I remember Sam Snelling and I were talking and we were thinking, you know, what's the timeline on this? How many stories can we get out? Because we were like, you know what? It's going to be really quick. Presumably, just like a few days before Drink names his guy. They don't want to have a lot of instability like you were talking about, Adeen, going through the month of January into February and nearing spring ball. But here we are, I mean, a week and a half later, kind of zero crickets on the defensive coordinator front. Um, Adeen, I'll start with you this time. What, what What are you making of this? What's with the silence? It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. 
Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the best seller's body care set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. I, I, I don't know. And honestly, the I feel like the longer it goes on, um, the search goes on the you know obviously more questions will arise but the less i feel confident in having dj smith as like the number one option to be the number one defensive coordinator because i feel like if you were really really sure of having dj smith as the guy i mean you just shoo that in and get no instability at all but it seems like they are asking the same question that a lot of people are asking he doesn't really have much he doesn't have any experience at the defensive coordinator position he has a lot of experience you know eight years of experience in college football though and um it makes you wonder really like I've seen a lot of names thrown around. They're very, they're keeping this very quiet though. I'm not seeing many names getting leaked or from this search and all that. Um, obviously a lot of people have been talking about Jim Leonard as one of the top guys in the search, uh, you know, to look for, because obviously he's got one, ran one of the best defenses in the country for a while at Wisconsin. But um, I think the longer this plays out, the it, it's not going to get any better. So if, if you're Mizzou, obviously you have to expect them to get this done some some point soon in the next week or so just to, uh, you know, make sure that you recuperate everybody and, you know, make sure the defense is kind of, um, you know, chilled out, obviously, because a lot of reactions came on Twitter from a lot of players with the results of, uh, you know, Baker and, 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 and people's leaving. So just to settle them down and let them know it's, you know, it's going to be all right. That would be a, a big thing to see a hire soon. To me, it's it's understandable why they're waiting, uh, especially because you look at how great the pairing of Blake Baker with Mizzou's defensive personnel was over these past two seasons. And a lot of that defensive personnel that was maximized under Blake Baker, a lot of that's gone. Um, like a lot of the defensive line go- line's gone. Like Tyron Hopper, who was free to roam the field um, a lot of the time, he's not there anymore top two cornerbacks who were pretty good on blitzes, especially Ennis Rakestraw with like his willingness to tackle and his physicality, which I think it could make him a round one prospect. Like both of those guys are gone. Um, and so it's, I think it's really great if you try and tailor um, whatever your scheme is to your personnel. And a lot of that personnel is turning over. Um, I think if a lot of that personnel stuck around, it would make searching for a defensive coordinator, I think a little bit easier because you know what you're trying to maximize and, there's not as much certainty heading into this offseason as there was last offseason when most of the guys from 22 were coming back. Um, that's that's not the case anymore. So I do understand it. Um, you want to take your time, especially because, I mean, we've seen ourselves with Mizzou, how much a coordinator can impact a unit, um, both offensively and defensively. So I, I understand them taking their time. I get that people are becoming patient and uh, potential options are being can be snapped up at a moment's notice. 
um, whether that be at a coordinator or a head coach spot, as, we, as we've seen in the last week. It's felt like two weeks, but last week. So I understand them taking their time. And, yeah, there's still a lot of options right now. I'm, I'm still a DJ Smith guy, but I don't, I don't know about you, too. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about DJ Smith for a second. And, and maybe let's talk about some of the other names, um, specifically Jim Leonard. You you kind of hit on, I think, the two, Adeen, that a lot of people were thinking of immediately as soon as Blake Baker left. Obviously, DJ Smith has held that co-defensive coordinator position for the last two years. A point I made on the podcast last week with Jaden was that, you know, Smith has been with Drink for a while now. He spent one season with him at App State, followed him to Mizzou. Um, he started out just as the linebackers coach. He added the recruiting coordinator title the next year, and then he became the co-defensive coordinator the next year. So really, he's obviously really ingrained with the staff. And we were talking about the combination of, you know, Peoples and Olsen with Baker. I mean, DJ Smith seems to be one of Drink's guys. It just made a lot of sense that he would take that next step up. But you would also think that if that was the case, then they would have done it by now. And, and, you know, that might not be the case. It might be that there are a lot of candidates that they need to get through and they maybe they're going through multiple rounds. We don't know that necessarily, but it does kind of feel like DJ Smith might have been the choice already if that were going to happen. And, you know, Jim Leonard on the show last week, we were talking about how there was a lot of smoke for Jim Leonard to go to Colorado. And so far that hasn't happened yet either. So... It seems like Mizzou is not the only school, to your point, Quentin, that's that's taking their time. What do you think about those two names and maybe where they still fit in the running? Or at this point, are we actually looking at someone else, like out on the out on the list of names that maybe we haven't talked about yet? Like I, I've been really stuck on Smith, I guess, um, and the only one I've really considered so far is is Jim Leonard. Uh, just because of, as Dean said, how much success he had at Wisconsin. Um, but I, I really don't know if if you guys have any other, like, strong candidates. Josh, I know you had a few others um, in your article about potential defensive coordinator replacements. But yeah. the, the two that I've really been keying in on are, are Leonard and, and DJ Smith, yeah. just because, at least for DJ Smith, um, I'm a big fan of continuity. I'm a big fan of stability. I'm a big fan of keeping guys um, in the house. Um, obviously, if they're capable, um, we've seen with the Philadelphia Eagles at the next level that maybe hiring within your staff is not the best idea if the person you're hiring is not very capable. Um, but I think DJ Smith is capable, even though he has not held a defensive coordinator job. Um, like Kirby Moore only held an offensive coordinator job for one year. I mean, that's that's more than zero, but that's still not a lot. Um, so I, I'd like to get your thoughts on that, but I, me personally, I'm a, I'm a believer. Well, I, I, when you mentioned the other two names that I threw out, I, in that article that I put up the night that Baker or was reported to be leaving, my third option was someone that I really, I, I really still do like, and if they could get him, I would be 100% okay with it. That's Jimmy Rogers out of South Dakota state um, elite defensive coach down at the FCS level. They've been the, they've been the FCS's best defense for the past two years went undefeated in his first year uh, as head coach. Um, he is just like a, a, a rocketing star into the stratosphere, man. He He's going to be a really, really good coach moving forward. Maybe quite not the trajectory of Kalen DeBoer, who we'll talk about in a little bit, but I, I would love to see them at least talk to him or at least make a pitch for him. Um, 
obviously he's part of that kind of legacy at South Dakota State. So to get him out, you would probably need to pay him a lot of money. But Mizzou is willing to pay Blake Baker a lot of money. I also mentioned Will Muschamp. Um, partially, I'm kind of giving you a peek behind the screen because I knew it would make some people upset. And based on the reaction on Twitter, it did. Um, I don't think that's happening. Uh, obviously, it was reported earlier this week that Muschamp is taking a step back from the co-defensive coordinator position at Georgia. Reportedly, he wants to spend some more time with his family. Not going to be able to do that if you're the defensive coordinator at an SEC school. Uh, other names that have been thrown out there by a variety of different um, a variety of different outlets. Uh, Jesse Minter from Michigan uh, is one that I've seen around. I, I don't know why he would be leaving Ann Arbor to come to Columbia. Maybe if they're willing to throw some more money at him. Andy Avalos is someone who's had some connections to Eli Drinkwitz and his. Um, you know, he's he's had some success. Uh, I, I would say he's maybe not has been consistent as maybe Mizzou fans would like for the next coordinator to be, but he's another name out there. Adeen, who you got your eyes on? Or are you, like Quentin, you still only have eyes for DJ Smith and Jim Leonard? Um, you know, you mentioned a great point at, with Andy Avalos because you have to wonder how much do schools look at other people on the staff to, to you know, pitch you know candidates to them you know obviously a guy like kirby moore you would ask about about a guy like that you know um you, you would ask you know coordinators and people on the staff who you worked with is this a good candidate right but you, like you said I, I i feel like dj smith he's familiar with the players and the the brotherhood within the program is very strong and i feel like if you want to keep that you should definitely go that option and I think the only thing that, in my opinion, should um, realistic option that should keep them from maybe doing that is a guy like Jim Leonard because of his pedigree at the coordinator position is just at this stage of the college football hiring cycle is really, really, really valuable. Um, so I would if, if it's not Smith, I would like I would like to see them go Leonard. If it's not either of them, I'll be very surprised to see who they hire because it would be someone that I'm not expecting for sure. Man, Jesse, Jesse Minner. I wish I had that kind of ambition. <laughs> My goodness. That's a Yeah, he's been mentioned group. by multiple outlets. And I gotta say, every time I see his name pop up, I'm like, yeah, all right. Sure. They make you make the call at the very least. Um, I, if he's unless he's still celebrating and hasn't picked up his phone yet. But um another guy that was mentioned by the Columbia Missourian a little while ago, uh Scott Simons out of Southern Methodist. Didn't realize this about Simons. He's a graduate of Lindenwood in St. Charles, so he's obviously familiar with the area, was a Broyles Award nominee um, last year for the work that he did with the Mustangs. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think this is a good opportunity to move into part of why I think it might be taking so long. And, and I, I obviously think that Drinkwitz is doing his due diligence and that, um, that he might be looking for a candidate maybe – more than familiarity, more than splash might fit the personnel, kind of like you were talking about, Quentin. But here's the reality. College football coaching right now is just absolute chaos. Um, in the last week, obviously, Nick Saban, the, I mean, I, I think pretty undisputedly the greatest college football coach of all time, stepped down somewhat surprisingly. Uh, Alabama led a whirlwind search, poached Kalen DeBoer out of Seattle. Kalen DeBoer is bringing Ryan Grubb. Uh, Jed Fisher, within 24 hours, was moving from Arizona, and then Arizona is bringing Brent Brennan from San Jose State. Like, there are these are three top 15 programs that are 
switching coaches in and out. Coordinators are moving. Assistant coaches are moving. I I personally think this is the case, but do y'all think that there might be kind of some trickle-down effect with, you know, assistants, coordinators saying, you know, let's see how this all shakes out before we commit one way or the other? Uh, I think so. I definitely think so. Because if if the possibility, if, if this there's like a ripple effect going on right now, as you said, and if the possibility that, you know, most of these guys don't want to, you know, it's how anyone would operate when they're looking for a job. I mean, you don't want to take, you know, a job offer and then see a really good one open up and you're like, oh, well, I just took a good one, right? Um, so that actually does make a lot of sense. Um, and I think that has something to do with it. Luckily, I will say that Missouri, as far as just ability to come in and produce and be able to, you know, have the odds stacked up kind of for you at least obviously there's a lot of turnover with the defense but as far as the talent coming in this next season um you know it's a favorable option in the sec or i mean you would be you would be joining a team that's like a you know up and coming program within the conference and has a pretty good shot at a playoff bid next season in the 12 team playoff um hopefully um and um yeah i think i think it has something to do with it but um I, yeah, I think it's equally at like due diligence on Mizzou's side, due diligence from the candidates' side. I think maybe the candidates probably don't want to commit just yet either. And I think that's a great point. Yeah, I think you would want a really strong like word of, I'm going to take this job and I'm not opening myself up to any other options afterward. Um, like it, I'm going to be honest, like it hurt to see Blake Baker leave after posting the I'm not effing leaving from Wolf of Wall Street. Like when you post, I'm not effing leaving, that should really mean you're not effing leaving. He says right, right after that, they're going to need a wrecking ball to take me out of this place. Like that really means you're staying in a place. And he didn't. And that sucked. Um, yeah. Like I, I remember when <laughs> I remember when the uh, when my beloved New York Giants back in 2019, Dave Gettleman said, we didn't sign Odell Beckham to trade him. Gone two months later. Yep. That hurts. It hurts to yeah. hear a, a commitment from somebody and then them darting not too long after. So I, I think they're going to definitely want uh, to see who, whoever they want to hire. They're definitely going to see what who else might want them and how much money they're offering them because that matters um, as much as you want to hate it uh, if you do. Money matters <laughs> a lot. Um, it's it's a source of stability, and uh, it's it's a lot of stability, especially considering what assistant coaches are getting paid nowadays. So I, I would be totally understanding if Mizzou continued to wait uh, until the the carousel started moving at a a more normal pace uh, than it is right now. It's pretty frenetic. Um, so I, I would understand if they waited for it to mm -hmm. slow down before really keying in on somebody. I mean, I've been in Baton Rouge. I was in Baton Rouge recently for a work trip, and I'll tell you what, $2.5 million can buy a lot of really good seafood there. Um, so I, I get it. And, but, I mean, that's a, a joke, but you make a good point that, you know, when you make a commitment, don't back down from it. I mean, believe in karma or not, this is really stretching it, but, I mean, we talk about movement coaching movement we might not even be done yet i mean we obviously all know that jim harbaugh is looking toward the nfl and we're going past mizzou at this point but but i think it's noteworthy 
to to kind of reorient ourselves in the landscape that Eli Drinkwitz is kind of looking in to get a new coordinator. I mean, one of the big rumors out there is if Jim Harbaugh leaps to the NFL, who's going to be one of the top guys really, really, really looking to get to Ann Arbor? It's Brian Kelly, the guy that just pulled Blake Baker out of Mizzou. So just put yourselves in the mindset of that happening for a second, where in December, Blake Baker says, I'm not leaving. And then two weeks later, he's like, all right, peace. I'm going to Baton Rouge. And then a month later, Brian Kelly's like, yep, well, thanks for coming. Uh, I'm also leaving. I mean, maybe he'd follow Brian Kelly if he really want. like maybe he would import his staff there. But I mean, this is this is just I mean, we're again, we talk about three, talk about four now. You're talking about maybe the top three arguably programs all changing head coaches in an offseason. Um, it's really difficult. Um, how do you think Mizzou's staff is how do you think they're handling that? I mean, obviously, and we'll mention this here in a second, but Isaiah Hastings, uh, former Alabama defensive lineman, committed last week. He decommitted after Peoples left. Um, very quickly turned to Syracuse, so he must really want to study journalism is what I took away from that. Um, <laughs> but how, how do you think the staff is navigating that? I mean, obviously, a lot of the work in the portal has been done already, but there's still going to be – I think there's still some work to do, and we'll talk about that here in a second. How do you think the staff is navigating, kind of talking to players throughout this all this uncertainty? Because obviously, there's another portal. Um, there's another portal period coming up here in April, and they're going to have to keep their guys around and bring other people in. How do you navigate this as a coaching staff that, like you've been talking about, Dean, is trying to lend some stability to a roster? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they're going to be calling all these players that they've brought in transfers. I mean, there's so many defensive transfers that you can think of that, that you know, obviously committed to Blake, ba- Blake Baker and even specifically Kevin Peoples and his crew. And so you're going to have to be reassuring them that this team, you know, is full steam ahead regardless of, you know, losing arguably two of the most important, two of the, some of those important guys on the defensive staff. Um I mean, it, it, it really does depend on how much can you assure them, right? How much information can you give them about the search? Can you give them any information about the search? And if you can't, how well does that bode for keeping them when this next transfer portal period comes up? Um, it's all it's so many variables that are moving around, you know, and that's just why college football is just it's college football. And it's um, it's a it's a multitude of things that you really just can't. I, I just don't I don't see how they can really assure these recruits without just hiring somebody. You just have to hire somebody and show some stability. Because if that's if the longer there's a question mark on that position, the longer there's a question mark on on the people that you've brought in and and are wanting are, and are wanting to keep. Yeah, my pitch would be like, hey guys, look at how many players came back and stuck around. Look at how many of us came back and stuck around. Didn't bail, stayed here. And we went to Jerry World. How about that? Look at the reward for sticking for those, around. For those um, of you who are listening and not watching, Quentin has the newspaper special from oh, the Bowl, <laughs> and he is holding it up. Podcasting is an audio medium. We appreciate our YouTube subscribers. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Quentin. Just, just, I just busting not. your chops there a little bit. I, 
I have done, I, first of all, okay, I, sorry, I've not podcasted or done radio in a really long time. I forgot a lot of people listening to this have no idea what I just did. They um, hear the crinkling of paper and that's all they got. Yep, that is a, an authentic uh, Dallas Morning News copy of the Cotton Bowl edition. Um, yeah, so thank you to all our YouTube subscribers that actually saw that. <laughs> um, but yeah, my pitch is like, hey guys, look what stability got us. Um, the program scene ever since basically the early mid 2010s turnover lots and lots of turnover and didn't lead to a whole lot of success and obviously that wasn't the sole reason that was definitely one of the reasons and if you asked like i asked a a bunch of the players throughout the season how much guys coming back coaches coming back affected them and they said they all said it was a big deal um right like they, they all said they were they were comfortable. Like they already knew uh, the system they were in, the coaches that were going to be coaching them. For a handful of guys, for actually a lot of guys, it was their first season of having the same defensive coordinator in back-to-back yeah. seasons. And like that matters a lot. That really, really matters. Could you, like, could you imagine here at Rock M if we just had a new site manager once every like one or two years? <laughs> That wouldn't be great. Would I wouldn't be enjoy that very much. I appreciate the continuity that we've had here. Um, and so even you look at another sport, like look at Sean East. Like this mm-hmm. is his first season at the same school since he entered college in 2019. That matters. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that would be the crux of my pitch is look where stability got us, look where continuity got us. We can continue doing it if we all just stick around. Yeah, and I think it's a good point too um, that you've made a dean. Like, I think what what Drinkwitz can point to when he's when he's pitching these guys in the portal, or maybe even in high school. Like, yeah, yeah, Baker left, Peoples is gone. Look at everybody else that has stuck around at least thus far. The Mizzou's got still they they lost their coordinator, huge deal. Lost their edge coach, big deal. But a lot of that staff is still in place. They were able to retain Kirby Moore. I know there were some rumors floating around um, when DeBoer took the Alabama job, that if he couldn't bring Grubb on, then Moore might be a target. Thank God that didn't happen. That would have been absolutely brutal blow. Um, But uh, so a lot of that staff is still around. And on defense, um, I mean, a lot of the staff is still there. And you can point to, like, look, these guys stuck around. And they were able to take that team that was kind of mired in mediocrity for two years and they turned in an 11-win season. They were a top-10 team, and that that really, really matters. Um, on that note, let's move through to you know some more positives. Let's let's get it upbeat here to end the show. Um, I mentioned earlier that Isaiah Hastings, or erstwhile Alabama and Mizzou defensive lineman, uh, is now going to be an orange man. Um, but Mizzou followed it up pretty quickly with the commitment of Zion Young, former uh, Michigan State defensive edge. Um, Zion Young, a guy that uh, a lot of Mizzou fans who've been following recruiting for the past few years should be familiar with. Uh, he was a guy that um, Drinkwitz was hot on for for a few years, and then he finally ended up choosing the Spartans, committed to Mel Tucker before that whole mess happened. So looking at last year's defensive line, I- I'm going to read off the number of returning guys to you, uh, Jaden or Jaden, uh, Adeen, and Quentin. Uh, Christian Williams, Johnny Walker Jr., 
Serene Tonkara, I'm sorry, Serene, uh, maybe the two of you know how to pronounce his name, Marquis Gracial, Joe Moore, Ben uh, Ben Stratman was a graduate, never mind, he's not coming back, Ja'Kai Lang, Jack Meyer, Kai Montgomery, uh, Sam Williams, Jalen Marshall, Andrew Serrano, Austin Firestone. Um, how many of those guys got snaps this year? Like few. Firestone was didn't he, he had an absolute lights out performance in the Vandy game if I remember mm-hmm. correctly he was great yeah. that game yeah and then you're adding uh, you're adding Zion Young you're adding Sterling Webb um, you're adding Darius Smith um, you, you got I think four incoming defensive linemen so I think if I look at the defensive line next year we've got Christian Williams. Probably lockdown starter on the inside. Johnny Walker Jr., obviously Cotton Bowl defensive MVP, got one of the edges locked up. How are y'all feeling about the defensive line? It's a big ask to rebuild. I mean, they're rebuilding the whole defense, but now especially that you're losing a coach, obviously Mizzou's staff has really prioritized bringing in a lot of linemen. And when you go through um, the roster page and look at the returners, in the linebacking core and in the secondary, I, you know, there's a lot of turnover there, but I think they feel pretty good about their options based on who they brought in thus far, the defensive line, they've really prioritized. How are you feeling about the way that they've gone about rebuilding that unit? Um, to be honest with you, when I look at it, it's, um, it's up in the air, right? Like, like Quinn said earlier, stability is key. And with the defense, there there is not going to be that much. It's going to be a lot of faces out there that you most Mizzou fans will not know uh, unless they've been following the team very hard and are really keying in on people that have been coming into the program and you know working under the wings. Um, and I think you're going to really see just it, how how ready this defensive line is for SEC football and just fo- you know the season in general when this team takes on Boston College. In, in week three going up against a very like a very dynamic quarterback um i think you know last last season we went up i mean obviously not to this level but we went up against a very di- dynamic quarterback in jane daniels and the defense got gashed and you could see something like that on 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 this you know on a smaller scale from a guy like that i mean castellanos is absolutely electric so how comfortable I am with this defensive line. You can't really say that you're comfortable because you don't really know how they're all going to gel together. And it's a collective unit. Um, am I, I'm a very excited for a few, a few players that are coming, uh, that are going to be coming in. I really, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I'm, I want to see, I loved what I saw from Firestone in the Vandy game this year. I'm going to be very excited to see Johnny Walker as like a leader in this defense um, as far as the production goes. So I would say, you know, you know, cautiously optimistic when it comes to the defense, I'd say. I, I think I trust, you know, the development of of the defense, and I trust, you know, the the talent and work they've been putting in because every defensive lineman that's been coming up and, you know, being slotted into their role has done an excellent job, and I, I think it will continue. I mean, yeah, this is uh, this is D-line zoo. So it's a big deal to develop defensive linemen at this school. Um, and look, like I, I feel similarly to a Dean. You know, they, they weren't going to land Walter Nolan. Um, I don't think they were going to ever make those gigantic splashes. But they went out and got guys. Like they, they got bodies. They needed bodies, and they got bodies. And I think especially in college football, and the, the same applies to the NFL, uh, if you want to be great, if you want to reach the mountaintop, you got to be really good in the trenches. 
And that's a big part of how Mizzou achieved the top 10 ranking last year is because they could dominate teams in the trenches. Uh, so on the Kansas State game, they out-Kansas State Kansas State. Kansas State has made a living off of being really, really good at the line of scrimmage. Um, and Mizzou bested them in that. And on both sides of the ball, they're, they're losing a lot of guys. So what do you do? You just get more guys and you trust that you can develop those guys. And this is where Kevin Peoples leaving might suck a little bit. Um, but I, I, I like that they have made it a priority because that's how they've won with their best teams of all time. You think of 2013, 2007, 2023, all of those, all three of those teams have really, really good defensive lines. Um, and so I, I like them prioritizing that position because it's led to success in the past. Yeah. And I think there's a healthy mixture on the line too of young blue chippers who are probably about ready to, to do, to break out. I'm looking at names like Marquise Graciel and Kai Montgomery, obviously two blue chip talents that signed with Mizzou and haven't quite had that chance yet. And then you've got guys like Chris McClellan coming from Florida. We, I mean, he, he has proven that he can contribute at the SEC level, and he's moving into his upperclassman years where he can be one of those dudes that is getting the majority of snaps per game. And obviously, whoever the defensive coordinator is going to be next, they might not have the same. Um, they might ha- have the same, I guess, philosophy that Baker really seemed to to ingrain in his defensive line, which is like you were talking about bodies when they were just throwing. 315 pound dudes at you for three hours just like elite level defensive tackles just running in your grill for just play upon play upon play and it seems like they've built the roster to that and whether or not they use that again they've they've got that really nice mixture of guys who are ready to take that step up into leadership and then young guys that are you know ready to ready to play with a little bit of an edge and obviously i think williams winnery falls into that category. Um, Nuaneri, along with other high-profile incomers like Trajan Greco, uh, Caden Green was in this group. Uh, Report Day was earlier this week. Uh, A lot of the newcomers came on campus. Mizzou football put out a nice video where some of their families were talking about, you know, this is why Mizzou is the right choice for my kid, or this is why, when they're talking to players, this is why Mizzou is the right choice for me. So before we say goodbye for the episode, uh, I'll start with you, Adine. Out of all the newcomers that are coming onto campus, which one are you most? Or uh, I, I guess give us a prediction of who you think will impress us in spring ball. I think it's going to be uh, Sterling Webb. I the transfer out of New Mexico State. He's a St. Louis native. I think he's really dynamic. I think he's really athletic. I think he produced very well on a New Mexico State team that came out of nowhere this season and really impressed and got the attention of the entire college football world. And I think that, you know, um, he, he was, you know, a very, you know, he's, 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 he's really, you know, just a big disruptor uh, in the defensive line. And I, I love what a guy could do like that. Uh, and, you know, I think one thing that you can pinpoint to is how he played in the Auburn game. He, he still made a big impact being from a, you know, a conference USA defensive lineman going up against SEC offensive line and absolutely, you know, really making an impact out there. And that just shows how ready he is for SEC ball. And I think he can, I think he's going to go out there and spring ball and absolutely show people what he can do. I think he'll be a great contributor for this team. Yeah. I remember watching. Oh, go ahead, Quentin. Oh, I was just going to say mine. Go. Yours was on a Dean's. I was going to make a completely separate point. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to say when I was doing the reset for Sterling Webb, I was watching some of his tape from uh, New Mexico State, and I was always really impressed by, um, you know, he, he's, if, if I'm remembering correctly, he's a little undersized for what I would think Mizzou would want for, from a defensive tackle, but you would notice that New Mexico State wouldn't hesitate to bounce him outside on some snaps and and he's really good at getting downhill quickly. And I think that's what they're missing a lot of with a lot of these guys heading to the NFL or, or exhausting their eligibility is interior linemen that can, like you said, disrupt the pocket and quickly. So I think adding some of that athleticism on the interior is really going to help. And I think that's a good pick. I mean, um, there is a track record of Mizzou staff bringing in guys who like Realis George is someone that I think of when Realis George came onto the roster, I was like, eh. I mean, he was a former fullback and now he's a defensive lineman. I, I don't know how this is going to work out. I think we even kind of at rock M nation kind of hand wave that and we're like, Oh, well, if we get anything out of him, that'll be nice. And he ended up turning into a really key piece of this line. He didn't always start, but I mean, he was, he was a key guy that they turned to and really produced at a high level. Uh, Quentin, who's your pick? Well, I was just going to clarify. Did you want a newcomer on the defensive line or a newcomer anywhere? Just newcomer in general. Give me give me any newcomer to the team that you think will impress us in spring ball. Okay. Um, I really like Nate Noel. I'm a mm. big fan. I like him a lot. I think one of Natalie Jones or Kyle Helms will post a video from uh, summer practices of Nate Noel catching a, a Texas route or something. And he is going to fly by the camera. And people are going to be like, whoa, whoa, wow, he is fast. And I don't know if him and Marcus Carroll can actually be thunder and lightning. But I think they could totally be thunder and lightning. Um, I think at least right now on January 16th, 2024, it looks like Carroll is going to be the bell cow. And Noel is going to be more of an ancillary option in the backfield. But I think what Noel offers, Mizzou hasn't seen in a little bit. I mean, both of their, like Cody Schrader, like he, he was pretty fast, but big and stocky. Uh, nothing wrong with that, obviously. He was incredible. He got, he got a first place Heisman vote for crying out loud. He's a program legend, but it's different. It's something, it's something fresh. It's something that Mizzou fans haven't seen a lot of, of uh, recently. And uh, I think he can be very valuable. Like he, he ran for like six yards of carry consistently at Appalachian State. And, yeah. Like that, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Uh, and so I, I would say I'm, I'm excited for Noel to, to get on campus. I think he's going to be uh, very hmm, flash. No pun intended. Very flashy. Mm, that's very good. Um, I am going to, I'm going to cheat. Uh, and I wrote the question, so this is, this is, you know, my right as the podcast host to do something like this. I'm going to go ahead and cheat and pick a trio of guys that I think could really stand out in, in spring ball. Um, and that is the three four-star cornerbacks that Mizzou is bringing in out of high school. We're looking at uh, Trajan Greco, Cam Keys, and Jaron Sensabo. Um, there is a, um, how, do, how do I say this? There's precedent for Mizzou starting cornerbacks early in their, in their career. Um, and certainly the departure of Ennis Rakestraw and uh, Chris Abrams-Drain 
shakes things up a little bit. Now, do they have their locked-in starters on on roster already? Yeah, probably. Obviously, Toriano Pride's not coming to Mizzou to be a rotational guy. He's he's probably starting on one side. Um, Drayden Norwood probably might might have another one of those spots locked up. And if not him, someone else. They've got a lot of good options there. However, when I look back at the last few years, Drinkwitz isn't afraid to get those young guys going in the secondary earlier. And I think when you've got three blue chippers ready to go like that, I think there's a good chance that one of them stands out early. Maybe not all of them, but certainly I think you could see um, maybe in August and September we're like, oh man, Cam Key's certainly getting a lot of getting a lot of snaps. I, I didn't see that happening. So I'm going to go ahead and say that one of those three of the trio of freshman corners I think might impress us in spring ball moving into fall camp. But um, obviously that's discounting guys like Williams and Mary, who is probably going to be playing a lot of snaps for Mizzou next fall. Um, there always seems to be a freshman receiver that comes in and makes a lot of noise under Drinkwitz. It's almost like he's got too many, because especially with all three of uh, Cooper and Burden um, and Theo Weiss coming back, you've got Marquise Johnson, you've got Makai Miller, you know, Brady Cook can only throw so many passes in a game before his arm falls off. So uh, we'll see We'll see who out of the young wide receivers wants to step up. But uh, that's about all we've got for the show tonight. Adeen, Quentin, any additional thoughts on recruiting or defensive coordinator? Anything else you want to get off your chest before the episode's over? Um, for all my fellow Mizzou faithful that are worried – we have a saying where I come from in Texas. It's everything's going to be just fine, and it will. And I think we're going to be okay, guys. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's nice to nice to meet you, Matthew McConaughey. Thank you for showing up <laughs> on the podcast. I've been awaiting your arrival. Um, I like that point, uh, Nate Edwards. Woof! I almost uh, called you by your pen name, Josh. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. Nate Edwards, great point about the freshman corners. That uh, that is the Missouri method, after all, is learning by doing. So, I think uh, I think that's a really great point of uh, getting the corners reps early, even if they get roasted a few times. But uh, that's pretty much all I have. I, I really appreciate you letting uh, Adine and I join you on BTBS. This was great. Remedied uh, a little bit of the pain that Mizzou basketball has inflicted upon us. But hey. Women's basketball team's on the up. If you're not paying attention. Big dub against Vandy. Start. Yep. Ball's rolling up for Mizzou women's basketball. Robin pinched in. There is life. There is life to be found in the Mizzou Hoops program. Well, anyway, that's going to be the show for today, y'all. As always, we really appreciate the downloads, subscriptions, uh, reviews, uh, especially the five-star ones. We like those the most, but... Uh, As I always say, me, Nate G. Edwards, uh, we love all types of feedback from y'all, so thanks for listening. Uh, You can follow us all on Twitter. I am at Josh Magica. That is Adeen Rao, at Adeen Rao underscore. That is at Quentin Corpuel. Obviously, you can also follow our flagship at RockM Nation or our podcast outlet at RockM Radio. We really appreciate y'all tuning in this time. Uh, Stick around. Nate will be back. Uh, next week and uh, who knows we may have someone new joining him maybe for the foreseeable future Uh, and there might be other news coming on the podcast front so uh, until then thanks for listening M-I-Z
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks. Thanks.